Hey guys, it's Ari Savia and you're listening to the All Blacks Podcast. Hello and welcome to the All Blacks Podcast. I'm Andy Burt and today I'm joined by professional referee Ben O'Keefe. Ben, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me here. And Ben, mate, I hear you've just, uh, well, in fact, I don't hear, I've seen you on TV, obviously refereeing the Six Nations. Can you tell us about the uh, experience over there? Yeah, so I'm a week back now. I was in, um, I was in Cardiff. I refereed the Wales versus France game um, at Principality Stadium. It's the first time I've been there under the roof. Um, it was an awesome experience over there. Um, so I spent two weeks. I ran touch um, the week before in um, Ireland versus Scotland. So a really tightly contested game there. And then I went over to Cardiff, refereed um, Wales versus France and um, got through the game. And it was just yeah, an exceptional um, tournament to be part of. And pretty epic stadium. And I think when, once this is released, it'll be after Joseph Parker's fight. But how good will that atmosphere be for Parker taking on AJ over there? Well, even even um, two weeks out from that, that fight, you know, they were already getting ready for it as well. So... Um, to be part of that in terms of a rugby stadium, the whole city was actually getting behind, um, you know, with the banners going up already for that fight. So I reckon that's going to be a huge weekend. 80,000 people against Joe is going to be pretty spectacular. And we've actually got Glenn Jackson join us here, mate. Well, welcome to the show, Glenn. Thank you. You know, good to be here. Sorry for the lateness. <laughs> All good. Hey, and we're just, um, Ben was just telling, telling us about his experience over in the Six Nations, mate. Can you tell us about your experience and who you riffed over there? Yeah, look, the Six Nations obviously the oldest rugby tournament around and it's uh, phenomenal. And I was lucky enough to have uh, Ireland versus Wales, which um, Ireland obviously went on to win the Grand Slam. So, you know, real good, good occasion at Lansdowne Road and full house. And uh, as Ben's probably talked about, I think uh, it's not just the game, it's a weekend. You know, people save a lot of money and travel and it's like rugby sort of used to be, you know. So it's a um, really good experience to be part of. And as Kiwis, I mean, we watch the Six Nations on TV. I think very few of us have probably been there to experience it live. But And as you're saying, it's a whole weekend. But can you just talk to us about how good that is, the, the I guess, this whole spectacle behind the Six Nations itself? I reckon we um, we don't really comprehend it down here because um, we do watch it. You know, it's on at 3 o'clock in the morning when we're um, watching on TV here. But, you know, they spend the whole weekend there. They spend a lot of money on the tickets. And actually, you know, they, they'll go up on the Friday. The game will be on the Saturday. They'll really enjoy themselves before the game. Um, obviously... Uh, then go to the game and love the game of rugby and then have a great night um, uh, that evening as well. And they, they really get behind the competition, so they're following their team you know, week in, week out, and obviously travelling uh, with their team as well. So it's a bit easier to get round up over there. And um, certainly like my game last week, it was um, a home game for Wales, but certainly the French national anthem was probably the loudest in the, in the, um, in the stadium there. So it just shows that um, you know, how well uh, people just follow it there. It's just incredible. And talking about the France, they're coming down under for three tests against the ABs in June. Um, how, do, how do you see them getting on? Uh, look, I think France, um, you know, there are a lot of teams leading into it, thinking about the World Cup uh, next year who, you know, they've really come out and shown that they're going to be a, a really tough team, um, you know, within, within the next few months, but even, even certainly for next year as well. Um, I think June's going to be a really good test for them because they're showing that, um, you know, they, they've got really good ball players um, throughout the whole throughout the whole team now, not just that you know uh, halfback and first five, but you know you saw uh, Bastro, um, he was their captain uh, a few weeks ago as well, and he's really leading from the front. And they've got some new young guys as well um, in terms of their forwards who are just really um, showing that they're, you know they're putting their hand up and you know they're, they're world class players now. Yeah, that midfield obviously Bastro, but also Wesley Fafana if he returns from injury, that's going to cause the AB some issues potentially, isn't it? Yeah, I mean the, f- the French are the French, aren't they? They come off a long pretty pretty hard season in French rugby and um, it's always depends who turns up sometimes with the French but uh, with new coaching you know they've taken over Six Nations is the first time they sort of got together and uh, as we talked about just before I mean 18 months out from the World Cup 
this is where it all starts. So uh, big boys, you know, uh, like you know, good, good running and probably a good test for the All Blacks. It's going to be a great series, and also um, talking about the crowds, and you're mentioning um, the French national anthem being so loud. As referees over in those environments, how hard is it for you to block out the crowd? You know, if you if a call go against against the home team, for example, how hard is it for you to block out that crowd and just stay focused and make your calls? Well, we're, we're sort of in the game, so like, imagine when we, when we run on the field, it's a bit like if we're refereeing. Um, over here as well in a club game or um, if we're at Westpac Stadium. So you're sort of just so focused on the 80 minutes that a lot of the time you don't really notice that. But certainly I've, got, I've had experiences before when I've been referring at um, uh, Viva Stadium in Dublin, Twickenham in London and even last weekend. Um, there were moments in, in the game where there's a breakaway or a great try scored or um, you know, you'll hear the crowd singing their songs that you, know, you really sort of, it's, it's hard not to um, sort of uh, listen to that. And yeah, that's pretty special because you know, when you get 80,000 people in unison cheering and you know, excited about a game of rugby, it's, um, it's pretty, pretty amazing. And you guys have the best set in the house. So I mean, if you see a, a wonderful plan fold, unfold, a great set piece move, a great try, you know, you're calling the calling the try. But do you also sit back and just appreciate it and think that was a hell of a move well, there? And well, I normally just you know just not award the try, but I reckon I've heard Jacko a few times. You sort of hear him on the mics come say, "Wow, you know, that's a great pass for <laughs> reliving the days when he played." I don't know if you remember those moments. Yeah, look, I mean, yeah, we, we do it because we love rugby, and so uh, you get a good. Super Rugby game or a local derby here in New Zealand get two guys that are just the skill level at the moment and hits. It's not only the skill level, it's the hits as well that we're hearing and seeing and and the hits I'm bloody thankful we're not playing and at the skill you're like, wish you still played and had a bit of that. So uh, you'd be crazy if you don't get involved like uh, you do as a spectator. Absolutely. And looking at the, moving on to law changes now, so I think there were six or seven amendments made by uh, World Rugby last year, which have been adopted obviously across the world. Um, can you just put those into, I guess, kind of layman's terms for us, if you quickly run through those changes and what it means for the your average fan watching the action? Look, the main one really is around the breakdown in terms of having an offside line. I think that's probably the best one to talk about uh, straight away. So it used to be that there used to be a ruck, um, Super Rugby teams have done it for a little while, but Italy played England and Six Nations last year didn't create an offside line and they could go anywhere. And so the, now, the, now the thing um, that law changes, just an arriving player from the attacking team can make the offside line. And uh, I think that's the best change that we've had for a long time. Just it just gives more clarity around an offside. A lot of teams and, and spectators probably didn't know around around this offside line. So when it happened, it just looked wrong. Um, for us as referees, it makes it a lot easier just to know now that that's an offside line instead of having to look for a ruck, then look for the offside line. So that's been one of the one of the big changes, I guess. The other one um, around scrum feeds and, and hooking for the ball um, is um, certainly the scrum feeds hasn't really changed, or the hooking the ball, but it's just been really pushed into it in terms of looking after it. But now the number eight can pick the ball out of the second rows um, and, and play with the ball. So a couple of other ones that really you know you wouldn't know about anyway. So it's sort of not important to talk about. But I think they're the they're the really the main ones that we we're, we're tr just trying to get a better game of rugby. And as refs, is it how hard has it been to um, adopt those changes? Um, as referees, I think um, they haven't been major changes for us in terms of uh, we need to change the way that we referee. It's sort of just more of an understanding for the players. And, and the best thing about pre-season is that um, you know the coaches and the teams are informed with what these laws are going to be like. So they actually train really well um, pre-season just um, to sort it out there and then. So um, if they did something uh, incorrectly, like for example, you know the, the, the tackler 
one other big change that he's actually got to um, come back through the gate. They're training that all pre-season, so working a bit harder to get out of that area. Um, so it just makes us makes it more easier for us as referees. Um, so that if we see it, we, we penalise it. And, and I think mainly there was a lot of talk about this pre-season, um, but certainly you know we're up to round five now, and I don't think there's been much discussion about it. You know, people are pretty happy, and it's a pretty. Um, pretty exciting game to watch for, for, the, for the spectators. And I take it, just like players, I'm sure you guys are tracked in terms of how much you run and everything. Are you noticing that this is speeding up the game or having the ball and play a bit more and all that kind of stuff as well? Well, certainly um, some of the stats have come out that um, the ball and play time is, is a lot higher, so up to above you know 40 minutes. So I think uh, over the last two years it's been down as low as um, just above 30. So we're almost getting about uh, seven to eight more minutes of actually ball, ball and play, which for players is pretty tough because they're actually running around, going down and up, making tackles. Um, but certainly we're, we're finding we're running um, a lot more and you know, with the speed of the game, um, not just in the New Zealand derbies, but I think across the whole board, the competition, the pace of the competition is increasing a lot. Yeah, great value for the spectators, that one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Hey, and moving on, so we've got seven professional referees in New Zealand, don't we, is that right? And how would you say they're kind of viewed, I mean, there's hundreds of professional referees across the world, but how would you say this crop in New Zealand is viewed globally? Look, um, you know, I think if you look back in November, I think we uh, probably had the most numbers uh, in terms of what New Zealand's ever had in November. Um, that was the last sort of test series. And so you look back on that, out of the seven, I think we had uh, five that were riffing um, test, ru test rugby, which is huge. So um, it's a, we probably have the most, behind England, the most full-time referees in the, in the world. Um, and then to get those people into test rugby is huge. So we, we, we spend a lot of time in understanding, you know, what it is to be a referee in New Zealand. Um, and, and to try and strive to, to be the best that we can be. And I think in terms of the, uh, how we've got leadership groups sort of set up in terms of New Zealand looking after us, and obviously NZA are a really good employee in terms of supporting us around the world. Uh, we do a hell of a lot of travelling. Um, you know, it's, it's a great job, but it's, it's pretty taxing at times. So I think to see the reward, and, and, and our reward is test matches, has been, has been really good from last year. Absolutely, it's great to see um, Kiwis obviously on the world stage, even if not playing, refereeing. Um, now we ask a lot of players who were there, who was their inspiration when they grew up. I guess for referees, did you have any referees? You know, maybe a Colin Hawke or international referee that you actually looked up to when you were when you were playing yourself or aspiring to be a referee. Look, yeah, Colin was mine actually. I mean, I played you know quite a few games in New Zealand rugby, and and, and Colin refed me a lot, and and I just like the way that Colin. Um, and I, th I think anyone talks about it, but you know, it's not always about for a player. It's about the law or or what you do. It's about how you manage players and how you talk to them. And, and Colin was the best at, at I'd ever seen in terms of just making everyone feel calm and that he was in control. You know, it doesn't mean he got everything right. It just meant that you know, even if he didn't get it wrong, he wasn't going to get upset about it. So, um, you know, we're lucky. Colin still works with us now, and I think in terms of uh, young guys coming through. Obviously, meeting Colin and how many tests he did, but not only that, learning from him and telling us, you know, how, how to do things and how to communicate to people was uh, really beneficial. Yeah. And um, just obviously, you've both had differing pathways into becoming a referee, Glenn, as you're a professional player. And sorry, Ben, I'm not too sure of your background, but could you just tell us about your pathway into refereeing? Uh, my quick background was that um, uh, my dad refereed back in Marlborough, so um, I was, you know, the, the ball boy for him or, you know, ran the water on for him a lot when I was younger. And then when I went to university down in Otago, he just suggested to me, look, um, if, you're, if you're not wanting to play anymore, do you want it? You should get, start, get stuck into refereeing and um, start while you're young. And um, so I did that while I was down at university and never really looked back and just, just continued it since then. And you know, went from club rugby right up to um, the games that I'm doing now. 
So were you playing and referring at the same time or you just threw yourself straight into reffing? I, I pretty much realised that um, you know, I wasn't the greatest player, um, so I pretty much just threw, threw all, um, eggs into the whole basket and um, just started referring. Um, did the old social game when I thought I was, um, you know, could, could uh, throw the ball around, but then quickly realised that yeah, referring was sort of my forte. And Glenn, long career with the Bop and the Chiefs, of course. Um, how was the transition to becoming a referee and, I guess, controlling or refereeing players that you played for and against? Uh, yeah, no, I guess I was lucky that I went over and played six years in England, so um, sort of learnt how to, re well, not learnt how to referee, but did a bit of refereeing over there. So by the time I got back, you know, anyone that uh, was still playing was bloody old, and uh, unfortunately they were the worst. So um, it's uh, it has been a difficult transition in terms of just um, going from player straight into refereeing. Uh, a lot more people are doing it, and hopefully it carries on because I think it's not only good for, for players, but it's also good for referees having guys that have played um, rugby coming in and just just teaching them the, um, the rugby side of things more than the riffing side so it works really well both ways um, but obviously uh, now now I'm 42 all those old buggers are gone so we're, we're pretty lucky and now we've just got the young guys coming through so that's good. And um, people out there might not realise the I guess the physical demands on a referee in the modern game and you talk to us about the, I guess the kind of training and and how you keep in shape to um, to be able to control these games at the top level now it's getting faster and faster the pace. Yeah, look, we oh, we average between seven and eight k's a game. So obviously, running running is um, you know, it's not a lot. I guess over eighty minutes, um, but running and being in the right place is, is obviously important. I think the thing that I found quite difficult was the mental side of things. Um, as a player, I guess you're running less, but you're getting hit more. But you got fourteen other blokes around you that you know can help you out and. You're not always thinking, you know, as a referee you're always thinking and you know just one decision can affect a game and, and we're all in, in to do it just to make the game right. Um, it's not like um, we're in it to, to be the centrepiece, we're actually there to so the players can have a good game. So the, the mental um, sort of strain for 80 minutes is, is, is really tough and, and, and we know one decision can ruin a whole weeks of training for um, for players. So that was something that I, th I found that we... Um, have taken a little while to learn and, and to, to get right and it's also a very hard thing to train so I think the physical stuff you know we obviously have to be fit we have to be reasonably fast and in reasonably good shape to keep up with it but the mental stuff is, is um, probably the toughest thing to keep up. Yeah that's interesting I mean you see a sport like cricket with umpiring is so such a mental sport isn't it when you've got um, 11 players appealing for a, for a decision to be given and very similar with rugby as well um, so that's an interesting point. Hey, and looking at just a bit of a trivial question here, but your very first professional match, how were the nerves for you guys for the very first time taking the field? Well, I had a little bit of a different story in terms of um, uh, my first professional match. I sort of had about five hours' notice because I came on late um, for a, we had a, a referee in New Zealand, uh, Chris Pollock, and he was doing one of the big derby games down um, Highlanders versus the Crusaders in Dunedin, and I was the assistant referee. And when you're the assistant referee, um, you have to be available, obviously, to um, come on the middle of the field as well and, and, and referee the game. But I don't think that had happened probably for about five or ten years. So, um, you know, I got a call in the morning saying that he had rolled his ankle doing something in the gym um, just as he was warming up and basically found out at midday that my first pro game in Super Rugby, you know, something I'd been aspiring to for a few years now, uh, was going to happen in a few hours. So... Um, there wasn't really much time for nerves in that game, and I just sort of ran out there and did the game, and um, and since then haven't looked back. I've loved it. And how, how how about those nerves now that you guys have obviously got a few years under your belt? Are they still there, or 
Oh, I think so. I think that I mean they're definitely still there. There's a mix of nerves, but also excitement. I think as referees, it's you know it's pretty similar to players as well. It's like what Jack was just saying before. We want to go out there and we want to do a great job for the players, but also a great job for people that are watching as well. Um, so I think it's important that if, if you didn't have those nerves, you I think someone told me this once before. You don't really care. Um, so you know we definitely care about going out there, delivering a good performance for the people on the pitch. And in terms of your prep before a game, see we talk about. As you're saying, Glenn, you know, a, a team will have a whole week of preparation. But how about a ref? Do you, do you look at the teams that you're referring beforehand or is there any prep that goes into it in that, in that regard? Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, there's been a real push, uh, I think, first of all, with our own teamwork. You know, we've got two ARs and assistant referees and a TMO. And it, and I think that's been one of the big changes about actually getting the, that team prepared for the game. Um, so... The main guy would do do a lot of preparation on the two teams that he's got, but we also don't need to look too hard into that because, as we know, teams won't play how they played the week before. So it's about having an open mind about what's going to happen in the game, um, having a semi-idea how teams want to play. But I think if you go too detailed, then obviously you can be tripped up because they mightn't do what they you think they're going to do. So I think the, the pre-match stuff's just about... Um, getting yourself right, getting yourself mentally right. Um, as Ben said, there is, I, I'm 100% more nervous as a referee than I ever was as a player, just purely because as a player you can train what you're going to do all week. As a referee, you've just got to accept what's in front of you and make your call. So um, for me, the preparation stuff um, is just working on yourself and then I think we have a fair bit now in terms of the review around how you performed, um, how coaches can send you emails, question about your decisions and stuff like that so I think you know it's a fair, fairly um, intense process and there's obviously especially in professional rugby there's a there's a lot of stuff goes on that uh, can make and break a team for their whole season so you know we've got to understand that and um, accept what comes to us after the game as well. Interesting point about the team dynamic of a ref and the ref team so when you're refereeing a game how crucial is it to have the extra set of eyes the ARs the TMOs how, how crucial is it to have that on your side as well? Well, I think it's so crucial. I mean, we just talked about before how the game is just getting so much faster, more technical. You know, teams are always trying to um, be one step ahead of the other team as well. So um, as a referee, um, it's really important that we're in the middle and we can we can do as much as we can in terms of refereeing the game. Um, but certainly we, we definitely need the team, either with the TMO upstairs if we're looking at um, a try decision or certainly the assistant referees on the sideline. Um, you know, we'll give them particular jobs before the game. And um, we expect them, you know, we can be better as we're working as a team of four rather than just one guy out on the field working by themselves. And um, I think it's pretty crucial. And that's why, you know, we spend so much time working um, during the week with our own team because it's going to change every week. So, you know, I might have um, some New Zealanders working with me this weekend. Um, but we've got to accept that we're going to probably meet guys um, for the first time um, overseas when we're travelling. And it's really important to try and connect with them early because really, you know, you're going into 80 minutes with them and, you know, the way that you referee the game for the players and uh, the way the game's going to flow is going to rely on not just you as the referee in the middle, um, but the way that you work as, um, as a team of four, um, you know, able to, being able to set up the game and referee the game, game correctly. For sure. And question for both of you here, what is the most memorable game you've refereed so far in your career? Yeah, I mean, my first test, um, I was lucky enough to ref at Twickenham, so uh, England, um, Fiji. Um, you know, full house, and, and my last professional game was at Twickenham. So to to go back and, and there as a referee, and and what Twickenham sort of holds in terms of a stadium, and, and um, you know, it was a great day. And Fiji played well. You know, unfortunately they lost, but uh, well, sorry, they lost. Um, but uh, you know, just to to go back after you know, sort of three years of being playing there, to go back and do a test match was uh, still uh, for me a pretty memorable game. Absolutely.
You know, I've got, I've pretty much, like, I'm the same as Jacko. I mean, there's a lot of games that we're, we're fortunate enough to be involved in now, and each game is a certain memory that you really enjoy. And I think, you know, the last game I had, um, Wales versus France, you know, being in Principality um, Stadium in Cardiff, I've always heard from, I think, Jacko's referee there before, and people have said, you know, that's a really cool atmosphere, um, especially when the roof's closed, and I thought that was really special. Um, but even as a New Zealand referee, um, last last year I refereed England versus Australia. And I think as a Kiwi, you know, outside of, you know, we can't referee the All Blacks, obviously, because um, it's our, our own nation. Um, outside of, you know, referring, um, referring the All Blacks, you know, England-Australia is a pretty big game for us, so... Um, and as it, at Twickenham as well, like Jacko said, it's um, you know, it's, it's pretty exciting to be be in those environments. Absolutely. And outside of rugby, how do you guys um, unwind and, and chill out and get switch off from the game? Uh, well, I've got a family, so that keeps me pretty busy. Uh, I just brought a you know business uh, roommate, Kevin's, which is good. So that keeps me something um, out of rugby. Um, so it's been pretty busy. But uh, you know, um, I've got an 11-year-old boy that plays footy and loves it. So uh, try and coach him and. And um, just, uh, I think it's important to have a good balance because um, sort of I weigh around about 160 to 180 nights a year with rugby. So it's a, a huge, uh, it's huge workload in, in terms of getting the balance right in terms of family and, and rugby. So um, to go home and, and see the young fella play rugby and my daughter play ripper rugby on Mondays is cool. And I love being involved in that and uh, just don't referee them, thank goodness. So that's, uh, that's Trying, try, the balance is really, really important in our in our role. Um, oh, look, I'm a bit, obviously I don't I don't have kids, um, uh, so it's a bit different for me. But um, certainly, you know, we're we're away a lot, and the the higher up you go in terms of um, refereeing the big games, you you're away you're away a lot more. So um, I tr- when I come home, I, I'm, I'm relaxing a bit like Jacko. But um, you know, I still keep up a bit of um, what I studied at university, so I still do a bit of medicine at Wellington Hospital and. Um, for me, that balance is actually, you know, taking my mind off the game and actually um, putting a bit of focus elsewhere and just making sure that I'm continuing, um, you know, doing doing something else that I'm passionate about. So that keeps me busy, but also sometimes it's just nice getting home, um, you know, putting your feet up on the couch and doing nothing. And I certainly, I think people ask me, oh, what did you do for, you know, over the Christmas New Year holiday break? And I said, guys, I just did nothing. I just I just relaxed. And I'd just come back off a three-week tour up, up in the UK and. You know, Jack and I, we've been doing rugby championship together, then the June internationals, and you know, it's a long season at the end of the year, so sometimes it's good just to relax. And talking about not, not being able to, obviously you can't ref an uh, All Blacks test, but when you sit down and watch an All Blacks test, can you enjoy it, or are you kind of critiquing the referee the whole time? No, look, uh, you'd be crazy if you don't. We are rugby people, you know. We work for New Zealand Rugby, as I said, they're a great employee, and, and seeing the All Blacks, um, quite often we will watch the All Blacks uh, before a test match because if the All Blacks are playing they're in some window that we'll be refing at some stage so you're normally with the team or maybe a referee from the other country that the All Blacks are p- playing so to see how good the All Blacks play and to see them winning is uh, it makes us as proud as anything to, to wear the fern and we're lucky enough to be working for the company and working for um, New Zealand Rugby so to see them win means that we're winning and, and um, you know just the way they play is fantastic. And refereeing I mean Listening to you guys talk about it, it sounds like an amazing career, really a dream career. Um, but even for your, um, you know, your volunteer on the street who wants to referee under eights, under nines, you know, it's equally rewarding, I imagine. But can you just give me, I guess, for someone out there that hasn't refereed, that's thinking about picking up the whistle, do you kind of have a message for that that person out there? Yeah, I reckon, I reckon just um, you'll be surprised with how much you gain from refereeing and being part of something like, um, you know, whether you're doing a game, um, you know, just under eights like you said, or even a bit a bit higher, first fifteen. Um, being part of that and being involved in something that you can really contribute to positively is um, it's really nice. So you work hard for 80 minutes and you come off and 
um, you know, it's a really good feeling with, you know, you get some good feedback after the game and I think um, once you start doing that, you get a taste for that, um, you realise that you're actually making a, a real difference to you know, yourself because you're learning a lot, but also um, the 30 players and even the coaches and the people watching it um, on the field and, and um, at, the, at the ground. So um, I would just encourage people just to give it a go if you haven't because you'll be, you'll be really happy and surprised with um, the benefits you can get from it. You echo those sentiments? Yeah, look, I, I think it's a whole national sport. Everyone loves the game of footy and um, not everyone can play it. Uh, so it's a great way of being involved in the game. Um, we, yeah, I think most people are a referee at some stage, aren't they, when they're sitting on the armchair watching and yelling at us. So why don't get out there and give it a go? Because like Ben said, I think uh, a lot of people will be surprised, first of all, how, how tough it is, but secondly, how rewarding it is in, in terms of uh, you do have to work hard. But... Uh, as Ben said, from, from club footy to senior footy to, to professional footy, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a great place to be part of a great game. And the game doesn't operate without referees, and a lot of listeners out there might not realise that actually Kane Hames is a referee, isn't he? Yeah, I saw that he was um, giving a really good uh, refereeing session um, a few weeks ago, so um, uh, it's really good, and I think it's great. And like um, Jacko said at the start, it's really important from, I guess, my point of view, my, my main background is refereeing. It's really important that we get players involved in refereeing because they just bring such a good dynamic. So we've got we've got Jacko now. We've also got Jamie Nut Brown um, in our professional group as well. And just in the time that we've had them in our environment, you know, they they can just come from a different angle from the experience of as as being a player. And it's just it's really handy for us because we're trying to referee um, for the players as well, and we're trying to stay as connected as we can to. Um, what's best for the game of rugby and sometimes you know as referees we can get it wrong so um, as players it's really good for them just to be able to remind us um, you know this is actually the goal that we're trying to achieve in the game and that's really important so someone like Kane Holmes is going to be fantastic for that and I'd really encourage um, you know other players to get involved um, and pick up the whistle and, and give it a crack as well. Sure and it's a, it's a great message for all aspiring referees out there so I think we'll leave it there for today but thanks a lot for joining us and all the best for the season. Cheers thank you.